This is Wessler Media. For me, I'm a pastor, and I deal with real people, people just like you every day, people that have a hurt or they have something going on, and they're trying to figure out, how do I deal with this? And I always know Jesus has the answer. He has that next step for you. Let's open up the Word today and see what God will say specifically to you. So today on Your Next Step, I'm going to give you a really, really quick review of what we've been talking about. We've been talking about how to grow spiritually. And we've taken several days now. We talked about the importance of misconceptions. Then we dove into our memories and how our memories will help us grow spiritually. Then we talked about motivation and the importance of encouragement and relationship in others. Well, today we're going to take one more step, and it's called moxie. Now, that's not a common word we use today. It sounds like something from the 1920s or 30s. What it really is, is do you have the chutzpah, if you grew up Jewish, to stand up for what you believe in? Do you know who you are, whose you are in Christ Jesus? And do you have a confidence to be yourself and to share that with other people? See, if you and I grow, if the church next door, people just like you and I grow, how will it change our world and our community? You know, right now, because of the church next door, there are kids in Africa in an orphanage. The gospel is going out in Africa, in India, in Israel, in uh, Eastern Europe. We have so many places in the earth that the gospel is going out. That's because we have the courage, the moxie, to share the good news of Jesus. Because of your next step, it's being shared all over Ohio, 90% of Ohio, because of you and I. So let's lean in to what it means for you and I to have the courage, the moxie, to share our faith. I want to talk to you about moxie, all right? Some of you have never heard the word before unless you've watched really old movies with gangsters in it. You know what I'm talking about? The, 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 The guys that talk about having moxie. It's about this idea about having, having, uh, this, this, this courage within you, this a self-awareness of who you are that makes you stand up just a little bit straighter, this, this little bit, of, I, for those of you who know uh, a Jewish background, I call it chutzpah, okay? I remember, I remember when I first went to Israel, uh, <clears throat> way back when dinosaurs roamed the earth, and, and I, I got on this uh, city bus, an Egged bus in Jerusalem, and this little old lady, about a four and a half feet tall, knocked me down in order to get to her seat. And I just want you to know that's chutzpah, okay? That's that, that's that, that tenacity. That, and so I think most of us, we see some people and we say, they've got moxie, I don't. Or, or I wish I had that. Or, or a few people out there say, no, I, I've, got, I've got that chutzpah, all right? And you got to get the chutzpah in there or it's not chutzpah, okay? And, and, and <clears throat> when we open up the Bible, we see certain characters. And, and I would put Peter out there as one of those people, right? I mean, Peter, I mean, he, he has just a little bit more of that, that courage. You know, he, he's the guy that stepped out of the boat. He was the one that pulled his sword and cut the guy's ear off. We look at Peter and he gets nicknamed Rocky, right? He gets this nickname because he has that ability. And, and sometimes you and I think, man, I would like to be like Peter. And yet, at the same time, 
when we took a, a really good look at Peter, we realized that he wasn't perfect. You know, that um, he, he fell short of even his own standard. Uh, on the night that Jesus was arrested, uh, Jesus warned them all. He said, you guys are going to betray me. You guys are going to not do such a good job. And oh, Peter, not me, not me, not me. And Jesus said, nobody. By the end of this night, you're going to deny me three times. Not once, but three times. And, and, and see, that's the other side that we all face, isn't it? See, we've all, we've all failed. We've all fallen short of our, our greatest hope for ourselves, our imagination that we'll stand strong when we don't do as well as we would like to. We didn't, we didn't show up the way we thought we would, you know. See, we've all experienced rejection, haven't we? Every one of us. Now, some of us, we've had some really serious painful rejection experience. Others of us, maybe, but we all know what it is to be rejected. And because of those failures, because of those rejections, because of those gaps between who we want to be and who we should be in reality, what happens is this. We, I don't think I can do it. We have this self-doubt. And, and so that's why just the, having the conversation about Moxie puts us in a kind of a tension, doesn't it? Because we feel like, I'm not so sure I'm a good candidate for that. I'm not ready for that. And so what I want to do is unpack for you today, Peter is an example. Peter denies Jesus three times. You open up the Gospel of John, and, and I encourage you to do that. You know, the, the beauty of the world in which you and I live, we can look at the Gospel of John uh, very quickly on our devices. If you go to the Gospel of John, and in, in John chapter 20, Jesus is risen from the dead. We already have the account of Peter denying Jesus three times. And in John chapter 20, Jesus arrives, and it's one of these really, you need to know, it's an only kind of Jesus kind of moment, all right? The, the disciples are in the upper room, and the door is locked. And it says that Jesus walks into the room, and it is clear in the Greek that he did not open the door. I don't know about you, but I haven't done that lately. I haven't walked on water, and I haven't walked... Now, now you need to know, my physicist friends say that's fully possible. Because everything is just a bunch of molecules flying around at a high rate of speed, and if you just had the ability to see through them, you could basically go right through... Well, I can't like you go through butter. It's totally possible, but you and I don't have that ability. Jesus did after the resurrection. See, Jesus is more than a Marvel character. Jesus is supernatural at this point. The resurrection changed his authority and his power and the authority and power which he gives us. Okay? He changes everything. And it's in that risen state that Jesus comes into the room with the disciples. And you need to know, this is the birth of the church. Okay, Prior to this, no one has ever been saved through believing in the risen Lord. Now understand me on this. Okay, This is an important concept. Prior to this moment in the upper room in John chapter 20... Everyone that was saved 
by believing in the Messiah, believed that one day the Messiah would come, would, would, would die as the Lamb of God for them, and rise from the dead. That was the promise. So Abraham was saved by believing that the Messiah would come one day. At this moment, the disciples are the first people who have believed in the Messiah, but the Messiah has risen from the dead. And in that upper room moment in, in John chapter 20, they have this conversation with Jesus. Jesus says, you're forgiven, receive the Holy Spirit. He breathes on them and they receive the Holy Spirit. Look at it. Go to the Bible and look at it. I'm not making this up. This is important to, to how you and I approach God and Jesus. Because now Jesus is the supernatural one that has conquered the grave, okay? And he says, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, somehow, Thomas shows up late to lunch. And he says, I'll never believe unless I see the marks on his hands and his side. And he gets in there, and Jesus says, so big doubter. Okay? And you and I have to admit, we've been, we've been like, I've been like Thomas, okay? And he says, my Lord and my God. That's Thomas's salvation point. Because in Romans, it tells us, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you will be saved. So, bam, Thomas is in. See, this is why the moment you and I say, okay, I've investigated the claims of Christ Jesus. I believe that he truly was the Son of God, that he was fully flesh, that he died on a cross, he was buried, and he rose again. I believe that. I confess that with my... You're saved. That is what Christians believe, Okay. So this would make John chapter 20 the birthday of the church, right? Now what's interesting about that is you flip over one more page. John chapter 21. It says that the disciples went to Galilee fishing. Typical guys, right? They get a day off and they're going fishing. Right? The ladies, you would never do that. You would do something else. We won't say what you would do because then I'll get into another stereotype and I'll be in trouble with you, right? And while they're there, Jesus shows up. John chapter 21, okay? Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the sea of Tiberias, and it happened this way. And it says that Jesus ate lunch with them, okay? Or ate breakfast with them. He ate. So you're saying the risen Jesus eats food, According to Scripture, he walks through walls and he still eats food. And, and, and so there's substance to Jesus. There's, 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 there's something supernatural to the risen Jesus. But it's in this encounter that, that Jesus, we call it restores Peter, all right? But he comes to Peter. He kind of like says, hey, come here, come aside. And he steps aside with Peter and he has this conversation and three times, he says to Peter, do you love me? I've given you just the verse of the third time for the sake of time, okay? In your notes, all right? The third time, he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time. Can I just pause there? Can I tell you, sometimes... God asks us things that hurt us. 
Now think about this. Sometimes God asks you to do a self-evaluation. What he's saying to John is, what John, excuse me, what Jesus is saying to Peter is, Peter, I know you messed up. Peter knows he's messed up. Has it ever made you mad when someone pointed out when you did something wrong? Yeah. Has it ever hurt you? See, no one likes having our flaws pointed out, do we? But Jesus, Jesus does it in a kind way, doesn't he? He does it in a loving way. And do you still love me? And, and what Peter is learning in the midst of this is, I can love God, I can love Jesus, I can fall short of the mark, and he still loves me, he still accepts me, it doesn't put me in the bin of unusable. Huh. You see that? See, you, you don't get taken off the shelf as irregular. You know what I'm saying? You, you don't get thrown in the discard pile. You don't get put to the side. He says, Pete, your mistakes do not keep you from being the rock. Hmm. See, you and I, we look at ourselves in the mirror and we keep making our list of our flaws. Well, you know, if I had grown up in a Christian home or if I knew more about God or if I understood the Bible or if I hadn't had that one night, we come down to these crazy things and we think, and, and Peter right now, he's not saying that one night does not exclude me from discipleship. Hmm. There's hope for me. There's hope for you. All right? Do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You're God for sakes. I mean, come on. You know that I love you, Jesus said. Then feed my sheep. Jesus seems to have one, one focus. If you love me, let's get on with it. It's time to start helping. Well, who are the sheep? Well, didn't God create all the world and all of humanity? Yeah. So he's like, get out there and get to every one of the people that you can with the rest of the life of breath in you and let them know that I am real, that I've risen from the dead. Get out there and let's get going, son. Don't let the failures of the past, don't let the, the mistakes of your past keep you from moving forward. See, one of the, the, the greatest realities that you and I face in the time in which we live is some of us want it to go back to normal. God wants us to get moving forward. I don't believe we want to go back to Egypt. I don't believe we want to go back to the way life was. We need to move forward. That's what God is about. And so in moving forward, you have to learn to stand with who you are. Can you imagine how many times Peter had to tell his story around the globe, okay? Because we know Peter, Peter made it all across the empire at that time. We don't know all the places we made it to, but we know that he showed up. And at times it was around campfires, at times it was in synagogues, at times it was in community squares. 
But, but they would say, well, tell us about your following him. Well, let me just tell you my story. And as part of his testimony, he had to say, you need to know. The night that they arrested Jesus and they brutalized him, I saw it. But I denied that I was his friend. Oh, man. See, we, we're afraid to admit our failures. We're still protecting ourselves. Pete didn't get that option. You really don't have that option. If you're going to have moxie, you've got to be willing to stand up and admit, I screwed up, and this is the way I screwed up. Okay? But I'm moving forward. That doesn't define who I am for the rest of my life. Okay? So can you stand up for who you are? The question is, who were you before? Do you know what your life was like before you met God? I mean, were you restless? Were you aimless? Were you fill in the blank? Were you broken? You know? And then when did you finally take God seriously? You know, the, the broken person said, I finally found someone who could fix me. You know, the perfect car repair shop. You know what I'm saying? When I found God, he transformed the, my life. He healed the broken wound in my life. You know, for me, I, you know, I grew up in a Christian home, but, but I had to, when I was, in, you know, about 19 years old, I decided that I was going to make God my God, not the God of my parents. And for me, the first step was, I mean, I already knew God, but the first step was I was going to be baptized of my own volition. My parents had me baptized because of their worldview, and, and I had to make the decision, no, I'm all in. I want to be baptized in water because I need me to know that. Does that make sense? No disrespect to them. This is all respect for God and my choice in that. If you haven't done that, and, and I can tell you that in that moment, my life was forever changed. After that, I began to realize that I had to stand up for what it meant to be a Christian for me, not because of my heritage or my identity. And at some point, every one of us, if you're a teenager here today, you've got to decide, do you believe in your worldview because of what your parents believe or because of what you believe? Is it your worldview? That makes parents nervous because sometimes they abandon our worldview. But guess what? They've got to know who they believe and what they believe. And that's why this is an important discussion. Okay? And when are you most likely to share your hope? You know? And I think, I think the, the reason we'll share our story with other people is when we believe our story matters to that person. When we believe that our, our story matters. And over time of, of sharing your story, you begin to see that your story matters because your God's story is the way God works in real people's lives. And you're willing to tell other people about how God has worked in your life. It's not an arrogance. It's not a, a rudeness. It's not that. No, no. It's, it's more about the fact that you just realize that if I don't tell them, they'll never hear from somebody like me. And, and you begin to believe that your life matters to the tapestry of all of God's people that is out there. When, when, you, when you look at, at the variety of God's people, it's like looking at one of Grandma's quilts. Now think about this for a second. Grandma would unfurl a quilt, and she would say, now, 
This, this part of the quilt reminds me of grandpa when he was working at the mill. You understand what I'm saying? And then she would take different pieces about their life and whatnot. Well, the tapestry of the church is, this is the body of Christ in Africa, and this is the body of Christ in India, and this is the body of Christ in Columbus. And you see what I'm saying? It's this beautiful tapestry of men and women and young people of every tongue and tribe all over the world. It's a beautiful picture of the nature of God and his relationship with his creation and how he's made himself real. Will you let us help you in this process? Listen to Peter. He tells us what we need to do. Remember, we're still talking about Peter, right? But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared. Say always. So just not on the weekends? Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. There's a couple things in there that I think Peter makes that are really clear. Number one, he says, we need to always be prepared to share the hope that we have. So it's about the hope. Why do you have hope in the midst of the world in which we live in? Well, it's God. God has been the source of our hope throughout our lifetime, throughout this season. But secondly, he says, make sure when you share it, you, you share it in a way that is palatable. Don't be rude. Don't be obnoxious. Don't be pushy. Don't be angry. Don't be shouting at people that you're going to hell. You're an awful person. You scum. It's not attractive. Abandon that. Set it aside. Try, you know, you look like a perfect person to experience God's love. Try you are an amazing person. You ever think about who made you? Because this couldn't just happen. I don't believe someone as wonderful as you just happened. Everything about you seems so perfectly designed, like you were designed for something amazing. How's that sound like a pickup line? Try introducing people to God's love. If I find out you're using my lines to pick up people, I will come after you. <laughs> Goodness me. Sick. Where did you learn that line? Church? Want to go? <laughs> Another pickup line. Oh, where am I? The other thing that Peter says here is that people will maliciously malign you. He says that there's evil in the world, that, there, that you and I are going to have to contend with that. Do not forget that. Do not forget that evil is in this world. Do not forget that. Miss part of the show today and want to hear more? Well, you are invited to download and subscribe to Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. When we gather together like this every day, I think it's really important that we, we think about how are we inviting God into this situation? So every day, I want to take a little bit of a moment to pray, to ask God to move in our world. So right now, let's just bow our heads together and let's pray. Let's pray for joy today. I think we could use some joy. How about you? Let's pray for the joy of the Lord right now. Lord, we praise you today. 
Psalm 16 says that I will praise the Lord who counsels me even at night. My heart instructs me. Lord, I thank you that in the daytime and the nighttime, I can praise you and that you'll instruct me. And the, and the psalmist goes on to say that, that you, you lead us in paths of righteousness and joy. And Lord, that's what we want today. The reason we praise you, the reason that we pray today is we want you to pour into our hearts your joy. Lord, life can be busy and we know that rejoicing and praising in you is what gives us more life to live this life. We don't want to live on our own, so we come before you today, and this is our prayer. Our prayer is that our joy would be made full, because that's what you prayed for us, Jesus, in the Gospel of John. You prayed that our joy would be full, and so we agree with you in prayer today. Fill us with joy. Help us to recognize the ways in which you are meeting our needs. Help us today to, to recognize the way you're working and, and show us that even in the midst of life, that we are not alone. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your joy is good. It, it nourishes us. It strengthens us, and we feed on that. Lord, I thank you that as I read your word, I am told to pursue joy, to pursue you as the source of my joy, to trust you for my joy. And so right now, that's what we do. We say, Lord, give us our joy. Give us wisdom. Give us the ability to accept you and to walk in joy. You are our joy. You are our Savior. And it's in your name we gather and pray today. Wow, that was so good. Didn't you enjoy that prayer? Well, would you like more help learning to pray? Then go to yournextstepnow.com. That's right, yournextstepnow.com. Give us your email and we'll give you our free prayer guide. It's an ebook. You can download it. You'll have it right there. And you can join us daily as we learn to pray. We ask God for great things. You know, it will change your life to pray daily. And we need your help. We need your support, your prayer support. So give us your email today at yournextstepnow.com. This has been Your Next Step, a ministry of the church next door in Columbus, Ohio. We hope this has been an encouragement to you as you seek to have a deeper faith in Christ. If you'd like to hear today's show again or share it with a friend, look for Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. We'd love to see you soon at the church next door. Easily find our service times and our app. I'm Pastor Doyle Jackson. Join us again next time for Your Next Step. I believe you're going to find people that have a genuine love for God and a genuine zeal for the truth. You don't have to dress super fancy. And it's so lively and it's so much fun and just you leave like, oh, so refreshed. And I know I keep saying family, but that's what this place is for me. It's family. I'm Doyle Jackson, pastor of the church next door. People keep telling me how good it is to worship God together again. Well, Come join us. Visit us online at thechurchnextdoor.org. Stories are a way we relate to one another. It's hard to underestimate their importance. Wessler Media is here to help you preserve those stories that you hold dear. We'll produce a personal podcast, an audio scrapbook that will preserve those memories for generations to come. Get in touch today. Call toll-free or text 1-833-38-STORY. 1-833-38-STORY. 
or visit wesslermedia.com. That's W-E-S-S-L-E-R media.com. The production you just heard was carefully crafted at the studios of Wessler Media. For more powerfully engaging podcasts and other audio content, visit wesslermedia.com. Stories of overcoming adversity, intense and unexpected twists and turns, education, encouragement, and plenty of those, did you hear that, moments. Hear more and talk to us about creating your own podcast, from large and detailed projects to smaller, more personal-sized productions. That's wesslermedia.com. W-E-S-S-L-E-R-Media.com.